the two greatest words in sports oral and nba game seven and this is episode seven what's up mm, okay okay episode seven man the last 48 hours i guess when you're listening to the 72 hours have been absolutely insane cp3 is covid protocol Kawhi Leonard has an ACL sprain. Both are out indefinitely. Multiple head coaches part ways with their teams. Pandemic P transforms to playoff P. Stuff's going on with Zion. Stuff's going on with LeBron James. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. And I've got the two hooligans with me again. JJ, how you living, my friend? My name is... I appreciate you all, especially you two. And RJ, who's now on the pod right now. Our Absolutely. What's up, RJ? My name is... RJ, shout out to RJ, the video producer. He is back on the pod. Um, you probably know him from the Busted Bucket as well. And of course, we have the other hooligan, John. John, how you living, my friend? My name is. I am doing great, man. You guys are my brothers from another mother. I'm glad, glad to be here. Absolutely, man. I actually want to talk about. So you guys all saw the Sons and Four video, right? Can we get RJ to play that video real quick? Holla, holla. So what we have here. Are two two Nuggets fans? I guess they're heckling, heckling this man in the Suns jersey, and the man in the Suns jersey responds after he gets sucker punched by absolutely pummeling you got to go, this man. guy in the in the Nuggets jersey, and afterwards he says the most gangster thing. He lets him go and he says Suns in four. Bruh, you guys saw this video, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you guys know that Devin Booker allegedly is sending an autographed jersey and tickets to the Western Conference Finals to this Suns fan that had the altercation with the Nuggets fan in Game 3? What do you guys think of that? I'm going to go with you, John. Yo, I think that is awesome. And it's not allegedly because there is uh, there's evidence of Booker actually on his social media finding the guy and posting it on his own story that oh, man. this is the man that <laughs> stood up for my team, took out two clown Nuggets fans, and said Suns and Four while doing while while pummeling them. What I find so hilarious about this video actually is so those two Nuggets fans that night they posted on social media that they 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 beat down on a Suns fan. Because the game was in Denver, right? Yeah, and then yeah. fast forward to a day later, and the video shows otherwise that the Suns fan is taking on these two clowns who sucker punched him. <laughs> I find that absolutely funny because, like, come on, man, the tape does not lie. You guys got to oh, rewind man. it, show the tape, and we have clear evidence of what happened. But honestly, it's, it's dope. I think that, you know, the guy stood up for himself. He probably was getting clowned on being in Denver. But, dude, he was right. Suns in four. They took out the Nuggets and they're moving on to the Western Conference Finals. Good and good thing on good for Booker, man, to just hook up a fan like that and, and give props to where props are, are due, you know. And so, um, hopefully, the Suns can oh. keep it going, man. To the Western Conference Finals, they go. Good for them. Yeah, I think Sir. the biggest story is is people think that Devin Booker is is promoting violence. JJ, what do you think of this? I think it's tight that you're supporting a fan that was defending himself. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Defending himself. Yeah, he's defending himself as a dad. I don't want to promote violence either, but may God forbid if something happens to my son and he fights, he has to defend himself. I don't want him just to get sucker punched like that Suns fan. And that Suns fan props, man. Like, he took on two dudes. He he punched both of them. 
he had a conversation. He was educating us about geometry. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. <laughs> What's the meaning of life? Bruh. Are humans inherently good or evil? And then he said sons and four. And that was a wrap. Yeah. Gangster line. Absolute gangster line to say that. Baby, baby. In game three. After you're getting jumped, say sons and four. And it actually happens. And you got free tickets. And an autographed jersey, and those dudes are still like at home with broken noses. Like that's that's pretty crazy. Can I, do that? I also want to show you another link. Have you guys seen the action figure? <laughs> There's a Sons and Four action figure. What? Yo, I'm gonna cop that. I'm gonna cop that for real. Yeah. I need to. I need to, I need to find that. I want to make sure it's authentic though, and hopefully that that kid can sign it. That would be pretty dope. Yo, it's got kung fu grip action. <laughs> That's, That's absolutely good. crazy. But man, It'll go with your NSYNC uh, action figures, Jin. <laughs> Not dolls, action figures. From the last pod, me comparing NSYNC to, to the Nets. <laughs> Speaking of the Nets, we just watched the, next, the Nets and Bucks game six. What did you guys think of this game? The Bucks ended up winning. John, I'm going with you. It was a must-win for the Bucks, and they pulled through. I am still hesitant to really call them a contender, and it gives me pause just because they should have won this game by more than they should have won this game by what 20, 25 points. Yes, sir. KD played the entire game five. He played every single minute of game five, and he was he had to be gassed. Harden's obviously not 100%. Kyrie's out. Yeah. And the Bucks need to just, they needed to make a statement win at home. They won the game, obviously, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. But I feel like they should have dominated this game. So for to me, game seven is actually a toss-up. You know Katie's going to bring it. You know that Harden is probably going to just go all balls out just because, you know, it's game seven, even though he's not 100%. So I don't know, man. It's To me, it's, it's anybody's game. And, and we'll see what happens. Game seven. You know what they say, right? Two best words in sports or in the nba is game seven so looking forward to it i'm psyched yeah absolutely jj what you think i thought that i wanted giannis to guard kd like that's the matchup when when we dream of basketball we dream about these matchups michael versus (laughs) magic kobe versus lebron and here you go you have the quote-unquote all-defensive man in Giannis versus KD, the the unstoppable versus the, what's the analogy that people always say? The um, immovable object of going against... What? Yeah. Immovable force. No, immovable force, exactly. So, I don't know, as a basketball fan, I would want, I would want to think that Gian- like Giannis was competitive to take the, the task of guarding KD, but... We haven't so, seen it yet. So I got one gripe about watching the Bucks. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but mm-hmm. a, a normal basketball game is two and a half hours, right? Two and a half, two, two forty-five. <laughs> Whenever uh-huh. the Bucks play, he the game is probably maybe four to four and a half. You guys know where I'm going with this. Four to Absolutely. four and a half hours, strictly because Giannis takes forty-five seconds <laughs> to an, a minute to shoot a free throw. It's one free throw. What? And it's wild, man. His his pre before he even gets the ball, he he practices his form twice and the ref just lets him get away with that. It's like 15 seconds. And then another 
30 seconds to shoot a free throw. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Obviously, Dude, Harden the, even got pissed. He was yeah. like, Harden, and Harden takes his time oh. at the free throw line. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah you, could, you could run that video, that 30 second video, 30 second free throw, including the warm up. I mean, that's that's absolutely ridiculous how long it takes for him to shoot a free throw. Um, Hate it. Just, I think John said it before. I mean, the dude has time to make a sandwich, to probably <laughs> read a book or two, maybe watch an episode of like The Office. <laughs> It just takes him an absurd amount of time to shoot these free throws. He's I don't more know of a why. Sex, sex in the city type type of, type of guy, you know. Yeah, and and like and like, uh, come on. I mean, he's taking his time, right? But it's clearly not helping his free throw percentage because he's shooting horribly. So I think he he definitely needs to change his routine, man. Like speed it up or do something different because it's not working. Whatever you're doing. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna compliment KD though. It's not something that I do very often, but I'm going to say that I do respect that he is going all out. He's laying it all on the line, like playing almost every single minute of these last two games is absolutely incredible. I mean, you could see how much is stressing him out because like it seems like he got more patches in his head. His haircut just looks completely awful. I think if we're doing a ranking of like playoff haircuts, worst playoff ha haircuts, like is number one KD or is... Or is Trae our Young. man Trey Young? Trey Young, Young. <laughs> you know, you know that both Trey Young and KD have the same barber, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Ouch. <laughs> Supercuts. <laughs> the baby, the baby hair assassin, man. Speaking of, we're gonna go to Hawks 76ers. The Hawks overcame a 22-point deficit. Whew. Absolutely crazy game, crazy meltdown game. JJ, I'm gonna start with you, my friend. What did you think of this game? Can we just say this is classic Doc Rivers? <laughs> yeah. This coach has the world record of choking. Like straight up, like there was a meme today. I think it, the count was like 53 to 82. And people were saying like, there's no way that the Hawks could catch up. But how did they even catch up? Like that that's insane. I think it's a huge part of the blame goes on Doc Rivers and the star players. And I'll let John talk about that. Yeah. John, go for it. So all day and probably all night yesterday, I was sitting there completely irate at what happened in the game. And and don't get me wrong, Doc Rivers deserves a lot of the blame. But I'm going to go off on Ben Simmons right now, and I apologize to all Sixers fans in advance, but you probably feel the same way. So, I don't I don't understand how somebody, a professional basketball player, right, playing a sport that is predicated on shooting can't even do that well. Not only can't do that at a satisfactory level, but is afraid to do that in an actual game. He is afraid to shoot the basketball, which is something that one of three things that you need to do to play the sport. Shoot, dribble, and what else? Pass, maybe. It's mind-boggling to me. And I don't understand how somebody like that can continue to be in the league. I, I, I Actually, I do understand. He has value because he's, he's an athletic freak. He's 6'11". He's an elite defender. But Ben Simmons, if he's not able to shoot, he's such a liability on the offensive end. You're literally having the guy who's defending him 
sagging off of him and not even paying any attention to him. So you're essentially playing five on four every single possession, especially if you're in the half court. So I don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. He's been doing this for the entire year, but you can't. It's one thing to shoot terribly, right? Come on, guys. Like, you can shoot bad. There's plenty of guys who shoot poorly. True. But you can't be afraid to shoot the ball. You have to. If you're open, you have to shoot it. I don't care if you shoot 10%, if you shoot 5%, you have to shoot that ball. Because no, there's the defender is not going to take you seriously. They're going to sag off you, and it's just going to ruin the entire flow of the offense. And so I know that Ben Simmons isn't the only reason. And, and trust me, I think he's hell of a talent. <laughs> But he's a yeah. big reason why the, the the I think the Hawks or the Sixers give up big leads oh. is because they need to score points and Ben Simmons is such an offensive liability that it's not really working and and Doc Rivers is a big part of that too. They need to put Ben Simmons in a lot better position. They need to put him in the in the high post, the low post, on the block. You know, run pick and rolls with him. Set have him set screens. Have him be. You know, but he's not. He's usually just like hanging out at the three point line, the top of the key, and it's just weird to me. So. That's enough of my Ben Simmons rant. I just, I don't know, man. The Sixers should not be down 2-3 to the Hawks. And I think a lot of people agree with that. The Hawks like, are a legitimate team, but they shouldn't be down 2-3. No way. If, like, even in, like, in sports, right? Like, when you have a quarterback that isn't necessarily good at throwing the deep ball, the offensive coordinator will always have one or two plays in the beginning of the game. So the defense has to keep the deep ball in mind, right? So Ben Simmons like what John was saying theoretically should at least like should he should shoot at least seven shots yes sir even if he's two for seven at least the defenders will be mindful of playing defense right but I also wanted to say I'm gonna go on a my Doc Rivers rant Doc Rivers job is to find the strengths of his players and play into those strengths Draymond Green isn't necessarily like the best shooter, but he's not afraid to shoot though. He's not afraid to shoot, but there are games Absolutely. when he'll shoot like maybe, well, I'll let June answer that. But what do you think? Do you think Doc Rivers is actually utilizing Ben Simmons or is he just like, has no idea what he's doing in coaching? Like what he's shown with this abundance of talent throughout the whole, all these years and losing I big games. I I feel absolutely horrible for Ben Simmons because I feel like every coach that has him just uses him wrong and coaches him up wrong. I feel like he's a, a, an unbelievable talent that he could use, be used like a Draymond Green, like JJ was just saying. And to JJ's point, I mean, we saw in the elimination games between the Warriors and, um, and the Grizzlies where they were completely disrespecting John Morant. They wanted John Morant to shoot that three. But the second time we they played the Grizzlies, John Morant let it go, dude. He let it fly. And if you just hit one of those threes, we saw what it did to the defense. I mean, John Morant was able to attack the Warriors on the inside after that. Imagine if Ben Simmons hits two threes, the type of lanes that would open up for him. And Doc Rivers, you got to oh. be in his ear, dude. Like, be irate. Yell at him. Be like, shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. Because... We've seen like a million TikTok videos and Instagram stories of this guy pulling up warming up threes, but he never I, shoots it in the game. I right? swear to I swear to God, if I see another Ben Simmons practice video of him making <laughs> 10 threes in a row, I'm going to lose my mind. Because Seriously. people have to understand that 
making a three in practice or in a warm-up or even in a pickup game is completely different than shooting a three in a real fast-paced professional game where guys are going 100%, especially in the playoffs. It's completely different. And I, that's why when people get excited about Ben Simmons making threes in practice, I'm, I'm sitting there just mind-boggled and I can't even believe what I'm hearing from social media and people. Yeah, I mean, like, and way to waste a game like a great Seth Curry game. I mean, yeah. what did he have, dude? He had 36 points. He shot 7 of 12 from 3. Yes, sir. Like, he was absolutely playing out of his mind like, like they weren't going to lose the game in the first half. This was a complete meltdown. Complete meltdown by the Sixers, but I will give Nate McMillan some flowers by staying in Trey Young's ear, also playing a Trey Young... Lou Williams lineup and they were still getting defensive stops <laughs> like yeah. absolutely crazy absolutely crazy how this baby. game turned out um but anyway I'm gonna move on from this game Clippers versus Jazz game five we all thought the Clippers were dead in the water right Hold up. Kawhi comes out with news saying that he has an ACL injury JJ what did you think of this game I thought PG, you know, morphed from pandemic 13, shooting from 13%, you know, yeah, to he's an addition of playoff P, but I'm not going to fully say that he's back. Give me consistency first. So out of like the games where we watched the past two days, I thought KD was more impressive than PG. We're going to compare like we had a outbreak performance true right right john what did you think i did not was i watching the clippers the the los angeles clippers <laughs> last night because that didn't look like them i gotta man i reluctantly have to oh, give man. them props because they played they played they balled out man they they won the game without Kawhi leonard and he's Kawhi is good for 25 points that's automatic right and no defense question. and defense no question mm -hmm. and yes. so they they beat the Absolutely. jazz and of course the, you know the jazz donovan mitchell is probably not 100 percent mike conley's out but still that's that's pretty impressive man i got to give paul george credit he's obviously there's they haven't really accomplished anything yet so i'm not going to go full out on on giving all these compliments but he had not just Paul George. I mean, you guys got you got Reggie Jackson played like Reggie Jordan last yeah. night, just yeah, making seriously. everything, every ridiculous shot. Marcus Morris, he's kind of, he's to me, he's always. You don't know what you're gonna get from him. He's gonna be great one game and terrible the next. But he's he's very streaky, and he ended up, you know, playing really well last night. So I'd have to give it to Paul George because Paul George, in terms of who's played, who was more impressive, him or KD. And the only reason I say that is because Paul George, we don't, we didn't expect that from him. From KD, we kind of expect that, right? He's the type of player who's used to putting up those numbers, who's, who goes supernova and is just unguardable at times. But PG, he's had a questionable performance in, in the past. So for him to ball out like that and do everything on the court, you know, not just score, rebound, assist, play defense, he did it without Kawhi. So. You know, reluctantly, again, I got to give him credit where credit is due. So big ups to Paul George and the Clippers. We'll see what happens in game. We'll see what happens in game six. Where's your props for Luke Kennard, man? Come on. <laughs> Who? <laughs> I'm going to have to agree. I mean, like you, you took the words right out of my mouth.
John. I pandemic P, playoff P, whatever you want to call him. He was absolutely absolutely impressive in game five, and I think it was actually more impressive than KD's, because KD's, what? it felt like it was just a matter of time, right? It you was guys a are matter tripping. of time, because we know that KD's that talented. <laughs> I think everyone has forgotten what PG looked like in, like, Indiana, dude. Like, Pacers P. Like, everyone forgot what that dude was like, especially in the playoffs. We just expect him to disappear, and he did not disappear. He, he took it to the Utah Jazz, and that Jazz team is no slouch. I mean, what are they, top five in defense? They also have the Defensive Player of the Year. So I don't think it was an easy task for, for Playoff P. Um, JJ, you, you're still rolling with KDs as more impressive, though. Triple-double. Injured Harden. True. Played, the, played every single minute. And don't forget, he came off an Achilles injury. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I just don't like KD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like Paul George. That's true. <laughs> well, I'm the uh, I'm the impartial party because I, I I don't mind both of them. I just don't like the Clippers. So we're just losing listeners, just left and right, man. But at least we keep it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> what happened to Donovan Mitchell this game, boys? What did you guys see in this game where he breaks his streak? He had, I think six games over 30 points he ended up scoring only 21 points john what did you see out of this game i think it's i think it's pretty simple i think it's his uh he's not healthy and he's fighting through an injury an ankle and it showed i i wouldn't i think the game is an anomaly i think donovan mitchell has proven last year's playoffs and so far in this year's playoffs when he's healthy that he's puts up numbers he's not inconsistent he yeah. he uh pulls through when the Jazz need him. And so for him to have a performance like this, I think the ankle is, is really bothering him. And you can kind of see it if you watch the tape back. You'll see him kind of struggling up and down the court. He doesn't want to show it because I think Donovan Mitchell has that, he has that dog in him. He's, he's pretty, you know, he's, he's, he's a tough player, but I think it's, it's, it's catching up to him. He's trying to play through it. They're probably giving him shots of cortisone and whatever and, you know, praying doing some reiki whatever you want to whatever you want to call it um but none of that stuff is you know father you know the injury is just gonna take its course and it probably needs time to heal but i would say that the clippers even though they don't have Kawhi, they have a good chance of winning this series only because of that reason yes, donovan mitchell if he's not healthy the jazz are in trouble yeah absolutely jj what did you think i felt that donovan mitchell didn't have the game he didn't play within the game there was a lot of forced possessions forced shots forced passes the jazz they were really off on d and i'm a firm believer that when you're not good on d it affects your offensive game too that's when you get yeah. frustrated it gets into your head Derry only made three out of 20 i want to say 28 threes oh. and they're known for their their three-point shot so everything is intertwined in the game and they played at home which is kind of discouraging they're gonna have to win on the road at the Clippers with uh, Steve Ballmer doing his Windows 95 dance in the background so hopefully they could pull through because Wait, like what John said game seven right we all want game seven 
Yeah. I, I just wanted Absolutely. to. You brought up Steve Ballmer, and I just wanted to make a quick point. Can we, can we get the man a uh, less, uh, you know, more fitting and a less tight mask on his face because <laughs> he looks like he is about to have a, an aneurysm or something going on, and I'm I'm concerned about the man's health. I'm no, I'm being serious. I know that we're like we like to joke around a lot on this podcast, but. Yeah, he seriously. doesn't. He does not look. It looks like he's cutting circulation to his brain, and then when he gets hyped, <laughs> he gets really hyped. And I'm thinking like, they're gonna need someone. They're gonna need an ambulance on standby. But yeah, that that mask is like pressing so hard on his face, like his his cheeks just look like he looked like a chipmunk, or like hey, dude, it's it's a mask for for your protection. It's not like a CPAP, you know, it's, it's like <laughs> pressed right. right up against his face, but. I actually wanted to move on. I wanted to talk about this D'Angelo Russell thing. Have you guys seen this? He was criticizing Byron Scott, his his former coach, Lakers coach, Byron Scott. And I wanted to get, you know, our, our Lakers resident, his uh, his opinion on this. What did you think of what D'Angelo Russell was saying? Wait, before you answer, why don't you get your jersey out of the closet right now? Yeah, get your D'Angelo Russell iron. jersey yeah. out. <laughs> I got my... Should I bring out my swaggy P Nick Young jersey out? <laughs> yeah. Can I do that? Oh man! Well, I'm glad you started with me because I have I have some thoughts on it. I I think so. First of all, I think it's a little ironic that D'Angelo Russell is calling somebody else an idiot just based on his past. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. second thing about that is is the backhanded compliment that that D'Lo gave was. He's an idiot. He's a bad coach, but he's a good person. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's kind of like a, a little bit of a backhanded compliment. But yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. Byron Scott was not a good coach. And those were the tough times when, I mean, the team was bad. Let's be honest. We had, Hated. you know, we, we signed Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov for massive contracts. And just Hated. the team wasn't. They weren't talented, and Kobe was obviously coming off a serious Achilles tear. So, I, I mean, how much could he possibly do to really take that team to the, to the playoffs? They just weren't talented. We had, we were salary capped. Um, you know, we were strapped salary cap wise. But he just wasn't really a good coach. I don't think he. I don't think he had too much of an old school demeanor about him. He didn't really fit in with the new school, the modern age of basketball, and kind of. I think he was too hard nosed and too tough, which. I'm more of a fan of, but I, I think you need to be able and, and a co- to be a good coach these days. You need to be able to adapt, and the type of player, the type of personality that we see in the NBA is a lot different than it was in the '80s and the '90s. So, Byron Scott wasn't that guy that was willing to adapt and connect with his players. He was just a hard-nosed coach, you know, criticizing and and just being hard on on guys. And that's really not the approach for these players these days. But I, it, to me, it's just a funny story. I, I think calling your, your former coach an idiot. I'm sure D'Angelo Russell got asked that question by somebody in the media who was just like fishing for something and wanted to make a story out of it. I mean, why would you bring something up that happened what, like five, six years ago, seven years ago? So, and it, it, it's just funny to me. D'Angelo Wait, Russell is. So what? So you don't think that Byron Scott is a front runner for the the Boston Celtics vacancy? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would hope so. As a Laker fan, I would <laughs> hope that I would hope that Danny Ainge takes Byron Scott as his first first choice to re- to replace Brad Stevens. Yeah, JJ, what did you think of this? I don't know. I think D'Angelo Russell should not even mention anything during his Laker tenure, considering he 
broke the quote-unquote ultimate bro code. Yeah, you would like, think that he, he would learn how to handle himself a little better when being in the public eye. Yeah, like, obviously he puts himself back in the limelight with these dumb comments. In, in the wrong way, and yeah. we, we've known throughout the years of like watching the NBA that you never know who you insult or the, the relationships that you uh, sever because it'll come back full circle. Holla, Absolutely. Holla. Yeah. Not, I agree. Not that's, that's just like life advice, man. Mm -hmm. that's, that's just life advice right there. Yeah. Don't burn your bridges, right? Don't burn your bridges, yeah. Exactly. Unless, unless it's with Brian Scott, then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're just secretly recording your teammate talking about your extracurricular activities. Oh my gosh. D-Lo. Man, I hope, I hope you learn your lessons. LeBron James. Okay, he had a, a really long-winded Twitter rant recently talking about the injuries this season. He basically said, I knew exactly what would happen. He was trying to ultimately protect the product and the benefit of our game. And he was just saying that these injuries right now are not part of the game. It's just because they had a really shortened offseason. Super duper short. Shorter than any offseason in, in all of sports. And he said eight, possibly nine All-Stars missed this playoffs the most in league history. And he was saying that Basically, that he's sorry. He's sorry that the fans missed out on their favorite guys right now. What did you guys think of LeBron James putting this out on Twitter? I'm going to start with you, JJ. Well, I disagree where he said injuries aren't part of the game because it for sure is part of the game. Yeah. His teammate True. Straight, up, straight up is always injured. AD is always injured. <laughs> yes, sir. So, yes, it's part of the game. It totally sucks that eight, you know, nine All-Stars are out from the playoffs because we want the best of the best. We want to watch high competitive talent, seeing athletes doing incredible things. It's just, I think the schedule is one thing, but also it's bad luck. Like yeah. LeBron's injury wasn't due to LeBron. It's because of Solomon Hill I mean, I have people's feet, and I could see John getting super pissed, which makes me want to mention it later on in the show. But you, lose. you know, and then the Kawhi injury—that was a knee-to-knee -knee, like contact, like that wasn't a non-contact injury. That was right. actually contact. So I think injuries—the majority majority of it—is bad luck. True. But of course, scheduling plays into a part of it. And like I said in the other pod, the old school hits will say, you know, we played back to back. You're only you only played 72 games. Yeah. And Le LeBron last year wasn't he off for five months? Yeah, John, what do you think? I would like to take this moment to say <laughs> that I was actually getting over the Solomon Hill dive on the boundaries. I was finally, I was finally getting over it. And, leave it to JJ. And leave it to JJ to bring it up and make me suffer once again. I appreciate that, man. Sorry, dude. You're that's not, all right. That's all right. Yeah, He's no, not sorry. He's not sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Don't summer, say it's okay. He's not sorry. Summer, summer's ruined, man. Let's go. Let's just skip the season. We're, we're done. <laughs> no, uh, I, I no, I, I, I kind of uh, it's it's weird with LeBron. Okay, so 
he i feel like he hindsight is 2020 and he kind of says things just obviously they were they happen right injuries happen and it's easy to to call that out and say well it's because of the short season it's it's because of the mm-hmm. condensed schedule and that may be but there's no way to prove it and it, you know it's 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 easy for him to just back it up even though he didn't flip-flop he kind of held that position from the beginning so at least he's not at least he's being consistent with his take but it's hard to say i mean an nba spokesman actually responded to him and said that the the injury rates are the same in past in the past three seasons to now it doesn't appear that way to me based on the naked eye but maybe that is true it just doesn't seem it just seems like more and more guys are getting injured but maybe it's it's one of those things where you just you know you kind of put two and two together and your mind is playing tricks on you and you think just because guys are getting more injured you can easily correlate that to a shortened off season or to a condensed schedule but if the data is saying that the, the rates are the same, then the rates are the same. Then it's really just a part of the game. You know, things happen. And, and JJ made a good point. A lot of these injuries aren't just non-contact injuries. A lot of them yeah. are contact injuries. Kyrie Irving stepping on Giannis's foot. What? LeBron and Solomon Hill, you know, and, and Anthony Davis. I think he bumped knees when he injured his calf. Um, there are a few, few. There's so many other examples of it, and some are non-contact. But at the end of the day, you can't control that. Things happen, and I, I'll tell you. I'll say this. I'll leave it with this. I don't think there's going to be another off season like we had this past year. I, I think that. Well, absolutely not. Just the 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 perception of it and the optics behind it is they're not even going to have let allow this conversation to have, take place in the future and. and and have people blame the short and off season. So I think Adam Silver is going to just nip that in the bud moving forward. Yeah, I what think- I do think is cool right now is that we have basketball in June and July. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's During the sick. summer, you know, like, I think that's really cool. I, I hope that they move forward with this late June, early July schedule for next year. Yeah, I would like to see it too. I think... Jake, or uh, John, you you kind of nailed it on the head. It's about it's about the optics, right? And right. the fact that there were other injuries with the I mean other years with the same injury rates um, in the past, but there weren't really optics or specific what? optics to really point at because the situation was pretty much the same. But now that we have a shortened off season, like you said, the op the optics look bad because superstars are down. We're talking about all-stars. All-stars are down. We're not talking about Joe Schmoes, okay, that are coming off the bench. Like, we're not talking about, like, Harry Giles and what? whoever, you know. Right. No, we're talking yeah, about superstars. And I think that's that's what LeBron James is trying to put the magnifying glass on, right? Is saying, we're missing stars. And he's pointing it towards the shortened season. What LeBron James is saying is that to me, he's trying to hedge the fact that he's not in the playoffs right now because of injuries and because of the short season. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. <laughs> you know, That's what it seemed like to me. You know he's what? He's a very smart man. He's a smart guy. Yeah, no, he's a very smart. Super he, he smart gets, guy. You got to give him a lot more credit. I mean, he never complained about the play-in game, and then as soon as the Lakers were playing in against the Warriors, he started complaining about it. So, I mean, this that's, guy, man. that's yeah. I, I mean, I can't even I can't even deny that. I feel that's 100% accurate. He he might be hedging it, but I I guess I'm sure more data will come out, and we'll just wait for the data and see whether or not um, the shortened season 
truly does affect um, these injuries. Moving forward, we have some head coaching vacancies. And I want you guys to sort of pick where the best landing spots are. Like what team, like if you're a head coach, where do you want to coach? And we have the Boston Celtics, the Portland Trailblazers, Orlando Magic, Washington Wizards, New Orleans Pelicans, the Indiana Pacers, and then I tossed in there, if the Bucks lose, man, it just sounds like Milwaukee is just done with Bud, right? Coach Bud, can we all agree there? Agreed. I agree with that. So I'm going to start with John. Out of these teams, what would be the most appealing to you? Oh, man. This is a, this is a tough one. It's tough because you don't know what team you're going to have going into the next year right i mean there are a lot of question marks on on each squad because boston celtics they underperformed jalen brown was hurt but do you do you keep tatum and trade everybody else try to rebuild around him the blazers obviously dame is a superstar you keep him do you trade cj mccullum and get rid of other role play, other role players orlando magic i mean they're just a rebuilding team so i don't think that you know any some maybe some coach would want to go there because it's it's easier on their easier cr uh, criticism right they're not going to get as much heat for for trying to rebuild a team the wizards bradley beal and, and westbrook i think they're locked in so they're probably going to be or beal i think might be a restricted or unrestricted free agent so we'll see what happens there the pelicans um zion is not happy so what's going to happen are they going to try to trade him the pacers that's a crazy story. Yeah, that's a crazy story. The, the Pacers, I'm not... Uh, uh, they have Sabonis, and I think he's locked in. But other than that, who else do they have, right? They, that's, they have, Or they have... Um, I'm sorry, what's his... Uh, Malcolm, Levert. Uh, Levert and Malcolm Brogdon, right? Mm -hmm. Miles yeah, Turner. So, yeah, they actually have a decent team. So I think yeah. I think they might be a good look. And then the Bucks. Um, I mean, I'm going to take out the Bucks because I, I think they're going to win the series against the Nets. I think they're, they're my pick Ooh. to make the finals in the East. So, looking at all of these teams, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty, but I'm going to have to go with the Blazers. I think the Blazers are probably the most promising team. I think they're going to make a move. Yeah, that's shout out to the Busted Bucket. Shout this out to the pod. Busted Bucket. Holla, holla. But I think they're going to make a move that's going to surprise people. I don't know what that is, but I think they, they might make a move. I think CJ McCollum might be on the move with a draft with some draft picks, if they have any, and some other guys for to try to pair Dame with another comparable player of his talent so we'll see what happens yeah jj what do you think so if i'm coming in as an employee i'm going to one think about the work so who i will be working with my players and two who will be my bosses in terms True. of the, my top two teams it would probably be, be between the celtics or blazers celtics I like. I would love to have Brad Stevens as a, as a boss. Yeah, I agree. Right and rich culture, hardcore fans. The Blazers, however, I think they have better overall talent. Baby, baby. But you're you're one in the West. Two, I'm not a big fan of the GM. Yeah. And I love teams that play defense because. I have a high value in defense. So just for argument's sake, I'll go with the Celtics. Baby, baby. Yeah, I think I'm riding with JJ on this one. I think I would also go with the Celtics uh, just because 
I mean, the two pieces, man. I mean, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like those two together. And if you really wanted to trade one of them, you could probably do it easily to fit whatever system that you that that you want, right? You've got a, a a superstar there, and then with all the other teams, I mean, Zion's very tempting. Zion with like Brandon Ingram, but Zion being unhappy. What do you guys think about that? Like his family wants him out of New Orleans. Is that well, foul? Is that foul for the family to come out with that news? What you think? New Orleans, you? they just released uh, some. There was a leak that they might move out to another city. What? Oh, crazy. Yeah. And also, we didn't include the Mavericks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. John, would that switch up right. your, your rank? Would you rather do oh, the man, rather coach the Mavs yeah, or Luca you know or Dave? That's a that's a good point, man. We didn't I add think, that. Yeah, I did not. We forgot that. Sorry. Nelson and Carlisle are both out. We crazy. Yeah, man. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, the Mavericks are tempting just because Luca looks like a gener- He's a generational talent, right? At his age, he's 21, 22. and you have when you start with a us. A cornerstone of your franchise with somebody that talented you have a lot of flexibility you have a lot to work with and you you're, you're pretty much set up for success the key to any franchise is to have that cornerstone piece and then you build pieces around him to support his talents and support his skills and to offset any of his weaknesses so to me now that you brought that up I'd have to go with the Mavericks yeah. JJ does it change things for you? I'll stick to my answer, but if you guys were a coach and location is key, which is the most <laughs> enticing city? JJ only changed, didn't want to change his answer because of his ego. He's very proud. <laughs> I just don't want to agree all the time with you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to switch it That's up. Fair. I'm going with John now. I'm going to go with John now. I'm going to go with the Mavericks. I completely agree with what John said. But that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. JJ, thank you for being on, my friend. Thank you, everybody. Special shout out to my dudes here. Appreciate you all. Yeah, John, thank you. Hey, thank you. If we offended you, I apologize, JJ. He says, sorry, tough luck. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. I made your shout out to RJ, our video producer, for putting up our first video on YouTube. RJ, thank you, my friend. And of course, thank you to the fans that are listening. We are The Clinic, all NBA podcasts. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.